Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome back to the Digging Deeper Podcast. This is episode seven. We made it. And we've got Cole Miller back with us today. Cole, you excited to be here for our Perfection Podcast number seven? Yes, it will not get any better than this podcast. Well, I hope it does. <laughs> but uh, we're excited today. We've been working through the book of Ephesians. But before we get into Ephesians and our discussion for today, uh, I thought we were going to change things up a little bit. And I just want you to kind of give advice to people. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to ask you about some things that are maybe important in your life or things that you've experienced, and you're going to give some just great advice. Are these yes or no questions? No. Or these are, okay. No, I'm going to ask you a certain thing, and then you're going to be like, yes, this is the best. you got to try it, whatever. Okay. Okay? So one struggle that people, people have these days is they put on a pair of shoes, and they just don't seem to fit right. So... <laughs> I need you to tell everybody, like, what, what is the best kind of socks and how are you supposed to put them on so that your, your shoes fit right? Because somehow you have all these shoes that you don't crease one bit. Okay, if you want to put a pair of shoes on, my recommendation for you um, is just to get some Nike dry fit socks. It's good. Mm. It's right in the middle of the road. You're not going to pay a ridiculous amount, but you're going to have a nice sock. Give me a ballpark. I don't buy them. I, like, I'm recommending them, but I don't own them. <laughs> But I borrowed a pair once, and they're yeah. the best socks you I ever cha- had. Changed your life? They did change my life. So get okay. some Nike Dry Fit socks. They're right, middle of the road go. price. Maybe check on Amazon later. See what see what they got yeah, out there. Yeah, you probably get a bundle. Yeah. Um, and then as far as shoes, uh, I'd recommend that you go to a local running store and get your foot checked out. See where your arch is at. Yeah. And then, you know, if you got a wide foot, you got a wide foot. You need to yeah, take care of that. That happens. Get a shoe that can take care of you. Yeah. I just bought a pair of shoes that I had to go to the wide section. Kind of reminded me Do of when I was in the wide section well, often. <laughs> to tell you a little story, when I was a kid, <laughs> there was a, a section of J.C. Penney called the Husky Boy section, <laughs> and uh, I definitely was one that had to shop in the Husky area. Well, I'm so saying, thank you for thank you for bringing that up. Growing up, my mom worked at J.C. Penney's, and I was. Yeah. I wasn't in the Husky Boy section, but I was in a fashion show once. I was in a J.C. Benny's fashion show. Nice. I judged one once. Well. So not here, though. That would have been cool if I would have judged your thing. All right. Give us another piece of advice here. Okay. All right. So I know one of your favorite things to do. What is it? Is, <laughs> is to make your own off-brand Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Oh, all day. Yeah, right? that's, that's for sure. So just give some insider tips. How does someone make Chick-fil-A nuggets at home? Real quick. Real quick, you need to get good peanut oil, okay? And you need to be able to take care of the temperature. You don't want it too hot. You don't want it too low. You want right. to be able to maintain 375 degrees Fahrenheit. What was that temp again? 375 okay. degrees Fahrenheit on your peanut oil. But then from there, I mean, you're just... Here's another key part. If you want it to taste like Chick-fil-A, you need pickle juice. And you got to cut your That's chicken disgusting. up and you've got to soak your chicken in pickle juice for at least eight hours. Like as a brine. Yeah. Okay. And then, I mean, you put your flour on there, powdered sugar, a little bit Seasoned sweet. Seasoned flour. Yeah. Yeah. Put some stuff in it or you can just, just do, straight flour? You can season the flour, but really it's the peanut oil at 375 and it's the, it's the dill pickle juice on the chicken. Nothing special about what kind of chicken you buy? I get it from Aldi, so no, <laughs> not at all. All right, so there you go, people. I know that those were 
two subjects that everybody wanted to know about. Yeah, Shoes I got a lot of questions. And Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. All right, so one last thing, Cole, and then we'll get into the discussion. Uh, we've been doing kind of this quarantine life uh, for now five months, right? Something like yeah. that from March through where we are in, uh, in July. So give us maybe just one great lesson you've learned or you can even make it not be like super spiritual. It could be like, man, this documentary on Netflix or anything like that. Just something that really came out to you and you were going, man, this was, this was really cool. Something you'd suggest other people to, to be a part of. Yeah, that's a, that's a really big question. Um, what I found through quarantine is it was really easy in the beginning to fill my time up with TV shows and video games. Um, but now I've just gotten to the point now where I'm trying to think of things that I can do that have more of an impact and last a little bit longer than that. Um, so my challenge to anybody that's stuck in quarantine is do something deeper that has a lasting effect. Like you can play a video game, but a video game doesn't like, it's fun. It, takes your time but my advice would be like build something yeah you're 14 years old build something it's gonna last a while like stretch yourself do something fun take the three hours you would have spent on netflix and go and i don't know change something okay. that, that'll, that'll last longer than an hour wasted of your time nice. or three there you go so all right so on sunday we kept going in ephesians chapter four uh joel kicked us off last week um, talking about this idea of living a life worthy of the calling that you received, that it's not our job to manufacture unity, but to maintain unity. Mm -hmm. So on Sunday, you took us a different direction. Give us a little synopsis of, of your sermon before we jump into our discussion. Yeah, I really just talked about the importance of the church in a Christian's life. You know, like, it's, it's weird because when you first become a Christian, like, you know, yeah, I should go to church. But why should a Christian go to church? Mm -hmm. Why should a Christian be a part of a church? And so on Sunday, I just kind of had the opportunity to, to walk through um, being a part of the body and what that looks like. And like just the, the, the simple truth that you can't have a church without Christians, yeah. and what our role is in that. That's good. But can you have a Christian without the church? Listen That's to my question, yeah. Listen right? to the sermon. Got to yeah. listen to the sermon. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, where I wanted to go today is I wanted to break this down a little bit more and really get into this, um, this image that Paul uses, this idea of us being a part of the body of Christ. And mm -hmm. I want to go to another passage um, in 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll get there in a minute. But before we jump into that study, I would love to hear from you, why, for you personally, why is the church so important? In my personal life, yeah. why is it so important? Um, I think that personally the, the church has been so important to me um, because it's taught me so much. I mean, when you let the church be what the church is supposed to be, um, it changes everything. Like it changes your, your relationships. The church is where I've built lifelong relationships with godly people that, that are going to push me to be the person that God wants me to be. Um, I think ultimately the church is important for me. If I could put it in one sentence, it's just because without the church— I couldn't be the godly man that I am today. I'm calling myself a godly man. Hopefully other people would think that. Um, but in, in so many ways, right? Like in the way that I handle my relationships, the way that I approach people and, and all of that, it comes from the church. Um, we were talking the other day just in terms of, of racism. And I think that Crossroads 
specifically as a church played a huge role in, in the way that I view racism, just because when I come into worship in one of our main auditoriums and I look around and I see somebody who is in complete African regalia, then there's there's Asian people, there's Mexican people, there's all sorts of different races. And so when you're sitting inside of a worship service and you look around and we're all worshiping the same God, it's like, there's no room for racism, yeah. right? Like we're all one Lord, one faith, one baptism, as Paul says in, in Ephesians 4. Like we are all in this together. Um, and so, I mean, that's just a, a small piece. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's huge that we we get this and we understand it, but that that is, it's the beautiful side of the church. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that as we've studied through Ephesians. And so let's pick up in uh, Ephesians 4, then we'll go to 1 Corinthians 12. Um, I, w- I want to start in actually verse 4. I know this was from the text last week, mm-hmm. but it says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who, or it, excuse me, one, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then this is where you picked up. Yeah. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So Paul establishes this idea that we're all part of one body. Yeah. Uh, same thing he does in Ephesians 3, by the way. But we're all a part of this one body. But that phrase or the verse, verse 7, that grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Explain that for us real quick. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of different pieces at work there. You see that grace was given to each one of us. Yeah. And it's this idea that grace was, was uh, individualized. It's a real personal experience, that relationship with Jesus, right? And so grace was given individually according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so what Paul is getting at is each different each person has a, a special gift, a yeah. special, um, yeah, a special gift that came to them when they accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And we can keep going with that thought. The, the gift, in terms of what we just read, is for the body. Yeah. It's something we don't really like talk about often, right? Yeah. Like we think grace, we get salvation, we're saved. But along with grace, we also get a special gift. Yeah. And so what Paul establishes, that gift comes from Jesus, that that Jesus has given all of us this new purpose and honestly kind of this new giftedness Mm -hmm. that comes through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we receive uh, salvation through Jesus, Ephesians 1, it's not just that, oh, hey, you're done, you're sealed, you're good. It's that, no, God has empowered you. Kind of Ephesians 2, right? Yeah. That it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a mm-hmm. gift of God that no one could boast. But then in verse 10, that we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yeah. So Paul keeps this same theme over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, I want to start in verse 12 of chapter 12. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body Though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's difficult for people to, to understand their role in the body of Christ? I think it's difficult for people to understand where they fit in if they don't have a 
popular position. Yeah. Um, so if someone says, well, I don't know how to sing, I don't know how to play an instrument, and I can't preach. So because I can't be on the stage, I don't know if I have a place here. Like, I don't, I don't think I can really serve. Yeah. Or, hey, you know, I don't really feel like I should just hand out communion. I don't really feel like that does much. So when they don't see something that they automatically feel like they're gifted to, they, they assume that they are not gifted. Yeah. But biblically speaking, they have a gift to, to give to the church. Exactly. Yeah. Just like your body. You know, I, I tell the story when we were at a youth camp in, uh, in Tennessee when I was 20 years old on, uh, as an intern. We, we were there, and my appendix ruptured. And so I had appendicitis and had to go into this emergency surgery, all this sort of stuff. And I, I'll never forget, the doctor comes in and he's like, hey, we're going to have to remove your appendix. And I was like, okay, what, what does that mean? Is that, is that a bad deal? And he goes, oh, don't worry. This is one of those body parts you don't need. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I go, do you think God like made a mistake? Like he just put <laughs> spare parts in there? Like, uh, you don't need this, but I'm going to throw it in. It's yeah. kind of like, a, you know, it's just extra. We're just going to put it on the top. <laughs> and and uh, it's kind of true, like your body figures out how to live without an appendix. And, th- and there is some of that. But I'll, I'll never forget, because here we are thinking about how we're all members of one body, yet we're not all the same part. Like, mm-hmm. the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And there's times when one body part is more prominent on someone, and you notice it more. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and man, this is more visible. Maybe this is more attractive. Uh, maybe this is just more noticeable. But that doesn't mean that that part is so much more important than the rest of the body. Like some of the parts of our body that are the most important are the parts you can't see. Yeah. Like all of your internal organs <laughs> are vital to your body. Yeah, 100%. And when. We do this in the church where we, like you said, where we go, man, I can't do these things. I can't get up on stage, and so I'm not useful. It's like, hold on. Like, there are parts of the body that are more vital than what's happening on stage, but you just don't see them, yet they're what keeps the whole body moving. For sure. And keeps us alive. So Paul actually describes this. He says it in verse 15 of chapter 12. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Or if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, and here it is, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I love that. Yeah, it's good. And what Paul does is he uses this very vivid illustration, this image of the body to help us understand what it's like in the church, that you, you don't get to like be upset at Jesus because this is the gift he gave you. <laughs> like, that, that makes no sense. No, it was a gift. Like, you did nothing to deserve us in the first place. So be thankful for how God gifted you. And when you understand your giftedness, you got to use it. Mm-hmm. You don't get to go, oh, well, I wish I was an ear. You know, ears are so much more important. They get to do all. No, no, no. God made you an eye for a reason. Yeah. 
you know, and I know he uses the, the imagery of a hand or a foot. I mean, who wants to be the foot, right? Yeah, there's not, not too many foots out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are a lot of foots out Stop there. Stop <laughs> it. Stop. I think we call them feet, by the way, not foots. Yeah. But, but if you're... A- I know what you're saying. <laughs> I, I'm not that old. So when you look at it and you just think about the fact that, you know, no one wants to be a foot, sometimes that is the way it is in the church where mm-hmm. there are certain roles where people are going, well, I don't want to do that. But when you really look at it, honestly, in a lot of ways, a foot is more important than a hand. Like you, you look at how important it is for it to get you where you're going. Sure, you can grab things, but they have totally different roles. Yeah. You know, they were created differently. Which you can even think of like our own youth team. I mean, we've got you, me, Mike, Brian, and Kelly, but you think of something like Beach Week. Typically during Beach Week, Kelly is never on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, she might sneak up there for an interview, but like without Kelly, she handles. Our feet. Yeah, she's without. Our feet. <laughs> she's our feet. <laughs> no, but without Kelly on our team handling all that stuff in ministry with all the hotels and yeah. the planning, like Beach Week wouldn't be able to happen. Yeah. And like that's the gift that she's been given. And we'd be fools to say because you can't preach on stage because you're not comfortable, then we're not going to use you. We're done. Like it's just foolish. Well, it's the other side of that, too, where when someone thinks, I have all the gifts, yeah, and so I can do everything well, and so I take this away from you because I think I can do it just as good as you did, or I could do it better than you did, and now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm the body's one member, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to do it all. Both of those are wrong. Yep from someone not using their gift and someone overusing what they think they can do better than everybody else. Like you have to understand we're all members of the same body and we all have to work together in this. So Paul keeps going in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. What's that mean? They're priceless. Yeah. Yeah. So in, he goes on, verse 23, and those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. In verse 24, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. There it is again. First he chose us, now he's composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Mm. So when we, when we talk about this, and we really take this imagery for everything it can be, like Paul's doing here, What does he mean when he talks about the members being so important to one another to where if one suffers, we all suffer. If one receives honor, we all get honor. What's that mean in regards to how we function as a church? I mean, mean, as a church, as a whole. Yeah, as a body, yeah. um, I mean, to continue the illustration, an arm can't fully be an arm without a hand, right? Like it's not going to function as well as it was designed or created to. And so as a church, like we're not going to work as good as we could if each part isn't doing 
their job and the role that God has given them, right? And so, yeah, we can go, like it said, if everyone wanted to be a preacher on stage, we wouldn't have anybody serving communion. We wouldn't have a worship team. We wouldn't have people that were good at relationships and communicating to people. We wouldn't be able to make people feel welcome. We would just have preachers. Yeah. And so what, what he's saying here is let's take care of each other. When, when someone who isn't on stage had a great victory and they just made someone feel welcome, let's celebrate that. Yeah. When someone is, is struggling and they don't know what to do with the gift that God has given them, let's help them. Let, let's bring them up and find them a position to serve in because if they're not serving in, in, the, in the gift that God has given them, 1 Corinthians 12 says we are hurting as a church. Mm-hmm. Not only are, are they hurting spiritually, but as a whole church, we're lacking and not being what and who we could be because we're not letting them use the gift that God has given them. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to understand, you know, it talks about how God chose us and that he composed the body. Mm-hmm. And I think there's times when people go, well, I just don't, I don't, I just don't fit in. I can't use my gifts here. I can't do whatever. Well, you're, you're believing that somehow God messed up when he made you a part of that church. Yeah. And, and the reality is that when we don't have every member of the body functioning the way that it's supposed to, we all suffer because of it. For sure. Like, I, I don't know if, if you have a story, um, you probably do, but like literally last night, I was watering my, I, I just planted some trees in my backyard and I was going back there to water them. And we've got this stupid planter that's like stone, and I'm barefoot, didn't see it in the dark. Nailed my little pinky toe on this thing, like cracked my toenail in half. Like it <laughs> totally folded over and broke off. It hurt like, I can't even describe it. Like I yeah. was so mad and in so much pain, like to even right now, like it hurts to, <laughs> to put pressure on that part of my body. I never think about my pinky toe. No. Definitely never think about my pinky toenail. Yeah. But the reality is, as God composed my physical body, knowing I needed those things, and just because they didn't get noticed all the time, and I'm not like praising pinky toes, and you're not looking at me and go, you know, Matt, you got a real nice pinky toe. Like, it, it, it's great. I wish my pinky toe. Like, nobody does that. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, when it suffers... <laughs> When it's not doing what it's supposed to, and now all of a sudden my, my whole body gets out of sort because what seems to be the most insignificant and small piece of it isn't functioning properly. Yeah. And I always, when we talk 1 Corinthians 12 or even here with Ephesians 4, I always want to put that, that idea in people's minds because imagine how the church could function if every member was doing what it was created to do. Mm-hmm. If every member was using its gifts, not just going, oh, well, I'm not good enough. Listen, what Satan wants to convince you of is that the church doesn't need you, that you don't need to use your giftedness, yep. that you don't need to use all this stuff that God's given to you, because if he can do that, the church suffers. Yep. And just like we've talked about over and over again as we've gone through this study, like when the church is who she's created to be, it is the most beautiful thing in the world. And it, it's something that draws people in. And so, yeah, when part, of the, when part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And so when we have people that aren't playing their role, body parts that aren't fulfilling their role that God gave them, we all suffer because of it. But when we all come together and we're all functioning the right way, 
It's unbelievable. Absolutely. And you get to see the, the, the mastery of God, like how he's made this beautiful being called the church, this one body. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's kind of close this out. And if there was one message you could go back when you were in high school and you could say to your friends, you could say to yourself about being the body of Christ. Mm. What would present-day Cole tell past Cole? Man, present-day Cole would have a lot to say to Cole in high school. <laughs> yeah, but about the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, specifically about the body of Christ, it's, I think that it's, man, you got to let me think about that. Yeah? Yeah, I mean... I'll tell you for me personally, and then you can add or take away, yeah. or you can just not answer. When I look back, and now I know things that I wish I would have known when I was in high school. Um, like when I, when I went to college, my freshman year of college, I had a lot of regret because things I missed out on. Mm. Like people I didn't share my faith with, yeah. that I was too scared when I was in high school but then I get into Bible college as a freshman, and now, like back then, it's a long time ago, like I, that's why I got AOL Instant Messenger. I know that not everybody probably knows what that even is, um, but I was so burdened that I hadn't shared my faith with these people that like, I literally just started trying to find everyone's... Um, what was that called back then? Username? Yeah. I don't screen know name. Screen, screen name. Yeah. Um, to try to try to reach out to them. And, you know, I had a little bit of success, but nothing. But when I think about the body of Christ and I'm going, man, if when I was in youth group, we functioned better as the body of Christ, how much would that have changed our youth group? How much mm-hmm. would that have changed me to really do what God's called me to do? And that would be my message for junior high and high school students is don't, don't get to the point where you get past these really important years when you're talking about your teenage years and go, oh, man, I wish I would have been more what God had made me to be. No, like be it. Don't wait around. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Paul told Timothy, set the example for all the believers in speech, life, love, faith, and impurity. Not, hey, wait around. Someday you're going to be 35, and that's when you can start leading in the church. He's like, no, no, no. You use the gift that God has given you. Like, put it into practice. He actually tells him that. He says, you know, fan into flame this gift that was given to you. And uh, I just think that's so important for people to get, that that it's it's not a matter of waiting around. It's doing it. And we have an opportunity with an awesome youth ministry to... Man, put people in their spots and allow this beautiful work that God has done where he's put us all together and he's composed the body. Let's have the body function the way it's supposed to. For so sure. would you add, take away, yeah, say anything I, different? Yeah, I would. I, I would say that along the same lines, when I look back to me in the church in high school, I think that there was times where I was guilty of looking at it of, okay, what can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the beginning, are there, are there pretty girls here? Um, and then like, 
well, what's in it for me? You know, okay, now I get to play in the band. That's cool. Now I can do this for myself. And now, well, I can get closer to God. And what I would tell myself back in high school and even high schoolers now is sometimes in our, our seniors and our upperclassmen, I see this mentality of, well, I don't need to go to youth anymore because there's nothing left there for me. And I think that it's just a really selfish mindset that, that I'm guilty of, um, of, of looking at a situation and thinking, of, well, what can I get out of it for me? How can it benefit me? Um, not thinking at all of the other people there that could benefit because of yeah. God having me there. Yeah. And, using, um, me. and yeah. using me because, you know, for the reality is for our seniors, if you're listening to this, you have the ability to lead our freshmen, our incoming seventh and eighth graders, and they're going to look up to you and they're going to think that you're the coolest person in the world. And you just showing up, you might not learn more about Jesus that day, but you might show someone, show someone Jesus that day yeah. and you could change someone's faith forever. And so I would, I would just say, instead of looking at churches, what can I get out of this? It's how can I use what God has given me and where God has me. That's good. And man, that'll change everything. Yeah. Well, thank you again for tuning in today. We are so glad that you joined us, right, Cole? Us. Just me. I almost said me. <laughs> uh, we're so glad that you joined us today, and we cannot wait to be with you again next week. See you later. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Loss Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.